Welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy. This is the show for you if you are sick and tired of being held back by fear, self-doubt, social anxiety, shyness, anything that's stopping you from you being you. I'm going to share the most powerful tools and resources that I've been discovering over the last 15 years on my journey to eradicate social anxiety and instill confidence, first in myself and then in every single person that I meet on my journey. You're going to learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold, authentic version of you. Hey, welcome to today's episode of Shrink for the Shy Guy. Today, we have a show focused on you being more confident on dates, dating and relationships. Now, even if you're maybe already married or in a relationship and you say, well, what's the point of listening to this episode? Eh, I would encourage you to listen to it because some of the things I'm going to share are not specific and unique to first dates or initial dates, but aren't you going to be dating your partner forever? Now, you might say, well, no, we're, we're married now. We're in a relationship now, so dating is over. Well, I guess if you're just, you know, referring to an extremely technical definition and making de- dating separate than a relationship, but what about going on dates with your partner? What about having fun, engaging, interesting connection, conversations, and experiences with your partner, with your partner of five years or 10 years or 30 years? In fact, in some cases, sometimes the need for a date is even greater when you've been in a relationship for a long time, especially if you found yourself settling into some of that, you know, we talk about the logistics and the car and the kids and then watch some Netflix and then go to bed. And uh, there's not a whole lot of hot dates. So this episode is definitely useful in any sort of romantic relationship. Speaking of romantic relationships, if you want to really increase your confidence in this area, it's one of the things we're focusing on this month in the podcast because we have an event entirely dedicated to relationship and dating confidence called Unlimited Dating and Relationship Confidence. It's going to be happening in mid-November. Tickets are going on sale for the super early bird and then the early bird. And to get all those details, go to uh, my website, which is draziz.com, D-R-A-Z-I-Z.com. Make sure you're, you sign up for that email list, which you do by just getting the ebook on that site. Um, you can also go to shrinkfortheshyguy.com and sign up there as well. And that's how you get access to all the special deals, the promos, and everything. So if this is an area of your life that you finally want to take charge of, definitely come to that three-day event. It's remote. Uh, you can do it from anywhere in the world, as in entirely online. And as long as you have an internet connection, you can be there with us. And we're going to do three days of powerful work to really transform things for you. And one of the things we're going to be looking at is how to be more interesting and fun on dates, which is what we're going to talk about in today's episode. So why fun and interesting? Does a date have to be that way? Can't a first date be something else? Sure. You know, the first date could be deep and sincere or intense or sexy or boring. You know, there's all these different things it could be. But why fun and interesting? Well, generally, let's uh, assuming this is someone that you are first getting to know. And generally... When we're going in for a first date, people, even those who crave authenticity and a real connection and honesty, if it's sometimes people go into that kind of experience of of authenticity or honesty with a kind of an intensity, which is almost heavy or unpleasant, it's like, we're going to be real. And A, that is 
it's maybe a little it's not the most fun and and b you also haven't developed much trust yet so why why be like so deep and raw and open with someone that you just met if anything maybe it, that's a little inappropriate and i don't mean inappropriate as you know shame on you young lady or young man for wearing that you know outfit i mean inappropriate as in not very you know it hasn't been demonstrated that that's the right place to do that yet for your own well-being and for theirs because if you're with someone and and they don't they're not very self-aware or they're very critical or something it's not the kind of person you might want to open up with like why open up a ton on the first date so generally when you're first getting to know someone it's makes it a better goal i've found in dating to have it be fun and interesting there can definitely still be some realness and authenticity there but if you go straight for that with this level of intensity, that can be uh, off-putting or at the very least, just not very fun. <laughs> so uh, how do you make your date experience more fun and interesting? First things first, and this is uh, not a you know conversation starter. This is a mindset. And as you know, confidence comes from within. Confidence is an inside job. So your mindset approaching the date determines your experience of the date more so than what happens on the date. It's how you approach it. So what's the optimal way to approach it to make it fun and interesting? Number one is I don't need anything from you. That's going to be the biggest obstacle to fun and being interesting is being attached to I need something from you. What do you need? Well, the list could be endless. I need you to like me. I need you to think I'm sexy. I need you, I need you to think I'm interesting and fun. I need you to approve of me and everything that I say and do. I need you to like me more than anyone else. I need you to want to date me again. I need you to want to be in a relationship with me. Like the list could be endless right there, but there's, there's some attachment, some grasping there. And with that, you just want to be real with yourself. Notice the day before the date or the day of the date as you get closer to it. Take a breath, slow down. <sighs> Am I wanting or not wanting? Am I needing? Does it feel like I need something right now? And you might say, well, of course, I, I, need, I need connection. I, of course, I want this person to like me. Like, how would I, what am I supposed to not, not want those things? It's like, well, of course you want connection. That's what leads you to date, right? Or go into relationships. At least one of the, one of the things that drives us there. The I don't need something from you is helping you realize that this one person isn't the source. This person isn't the source of connection. This person is not the source of love. This person is not the source of approval. They're not their sort, your source of connection with feminine or masculine energy. They're not, their, their, you're, they're not your source for sex or for validation. There are many other sources. <laughs> there are sources that are not even human. Like you could tap into love and connection with something else with nature, with God, with another experience. So this idea that I, I it's like, it's all, it's all coming down to you. That's a lot of pressure. And pressure and fun are mutually exclusive. They don't really happen at the same time. So first things first, <sighs> big breath in and out. I don't need anything from you. Now, how do you make that so and you actually feel it in your nervous system? Simply repeat it. 
simply remind yourself of that. Take deeper breaths. Like find the place inside you that's all tight and constricted and 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 for me it really helps to remember like the 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 freedom that I seek, the joy that I seek, the love that I seek, the relationship that I seek, everything that I seek is not in the things out there. It's in me and my consciousness and how I'm approaching this. So if you're all tense and constricted and I need something, oh my God, it's not going to all of a sudden become really fun and blissful on that date or after date one or after you have sex or after the next milestone or after whatever. Because it's the same consciousness. It's the same attachment. So that's that's the big one. And when you do that one, you're going to be a, a large step of the way there to being more free and at ease and being you. The second thing I'd say is to come back into yourself and connect with your values and how you want to play. How you want to play relationships. How you want to play dating. How you want to play life. How you want to play connection. It's a game. And you get to choose you get to choose every moment. You get to choose that particular day. You get to choose that day. You get to choose new. If you've been in a relationship for 20 years, you get to choose new tomorrow how you want to show up, who you want to be. How, how do you want to experience this? And what is that? What are the qualities you want to have? Not I want to get X result and Y time. This person's going to like me and then we got to sleep together and we've got to be friends and we've got to be dating and then we're going to partners and we marriage. Blah, blah, blah. Just like, how do I want to be? Hey, I want, I want to be energetic. I want to be attentive. I want to be loving. I want to be playful. I want to be silly. I want to be what? And pick what are the qualities that light you up? What are the qualities that energize you? What are the qualities that are most like you elsewhere in your life? Right? So what do you tend to be like in your life? Are you a silly person? Are you a playful person? Are you a kind of more deep conversation, you know, philosophy, politics, art Whatever it is, what lights you up, like, okay, these are the qualities I want to bring. I want to be an intellectual stimulation or whatever it is that, that lights you up. And you want to bring that into the experience. And also, as you're focusing on this, though, what experience do you want to create for the other person? And this is one of the biggest secrets to getting out of social anxiety is getting out of self-absorption. What are they going to think of me? Are they going to like me? Do I look good enough in these pants? What about me? And... People go on a date not to get, have you use them for your own whatever, a need for something, attention. Or they, they, they want to connect. They want to be seen. They want to be known. They want to be experience an energy transfer and exchange and have fun or feel um, loved. So before you meet up with this person, before you go out on a date with them, you could pause and and really become open and curious, like, who is this person I'm about to meet? And I think this is so important. This is like a competitive advantage. This gives you a leading edge in the competitive world of online dating, where now everything is a swipe this way or that way. You can become, you can bring a whole person into this experience. And... That is rare. You know, in, uh, I'd say, the, the 2010 to 2020 decade, what gave people a competitive advantage is if they could focus, if they could do deep work, because the vast majority of people's uh, capacity for focus was radically eroded by the rise of smartphones and faster handheld technology 
And so people became kind of zombie-like and, and incapable of extended periods of focus for, for, a large, for a large chunk of people. So if you can do that, if you can sit down and work on something for four hours or have a focus to write or create or do, you, are, you have a competitive advantage. A lot of people can't do that. In the 2020 to 2030 decade, I know we're just starting that, but my sense is that if you can bring a whole humanness to your interactions with others, you will have a competitive advantage in everything, in work, in uh, business, in sales, in, uh, and then also in social life and relationship. And this kind of might sound like a no does like be a whole person and connect with people and that will do wonders for your life. I mean, didn't Dale Carnegie say that in the 50s? Yeah, the 50s was a very different environment than the 2020s. I mean, look how disconnected people are, how removed people are. Look at a generation now that communicates more via screens than they do in person. And look, I'm a big fan of screens. I'm a big fan of uh, the singularity, predicted by Ray Kurzweil, you know, coming. Is that just Kurzweil, Kurtzwig, Kurtz something? You know, I think he predicted like 2035. That's when like humans and technology and machines merge entirely. But in any case, uh, I, I, use, I use a lot of tech. I'm not saying we shouldn't use this stuff. What I'm saying is you, you don't want to atrophy the muscle to be you know, a whole person with other people. So what does that mean? That's kind of a vague, abstract statement, right? Be a whole person. Well, you know, one, and this is what we practice at our events, is like, can you experience eye contact with another human? It's, I mean, this is so basic. It's, it's, like, it's like almost like saying, you know, did you brush your teeth before the date? Did you take a shower that day? Right. Obviously, those are those are good tips as well. But um, and yet it's so obvious. And yet a lot of people have atrophied their capacity for eye contact. And that doesn't mean they're like, you know, shuffling and looking at their feet and can't even look at somebody. But it is they can't hold a gaze or they can, but they get uncomfortable and they, they stop breathing and they're tense. Can you become very open and curious about who is this person before me? So when you are going to meet somebody, let's say it's a first date, and all you've seen is their pictures on a phone, and it's their curated pictures, it's the pictures that they want people to see, right? That's what you do. You're selling yourself online, of course. It's the marketplace. And so you look at this picture, and before the, you know, about 10 minutes, maybe you're sitting in your car before you're going to go into this coffee shop to meet this person. Like, look at one of their pictures. And slow down. Breathe. And look deeper, look more completely. Like, don't just, it's not like, okay, you know, you're looking at shapes and sizes and I like this or I don't like that or this is hot or not or whatever. Look more fully. Who is this person? I wonder what their fears are. I wonder what their dreams are. I wonder... uh, what, what lingering insecurities they have. I wonder how, you know, what their relationship is like with their mom or their dad. You know, what is, it, what is their favorite thing to do that just like, boom, lights up their soul? What pain are they holding? Where would they most love to live in the world? 
what you know is the thing that could be said or done or expressed that would make them feel the most loved in the world can you see how when you ask those questions you get into a different like frequency a different mindset your brain waves change patterns <laughs> you know they go from like beta you know achieve get outcome mode to probably a more alpha state you're a little bit more clear a little more focused, a little more slow in a good way inside. And you bring that energy into the date. Notice how in this episode, as we've been talking about how to be more interesting and fun on dates, we've not at all talked about like, talk about the funny you know, stand-up comedy you saw last night on The Tonight Show. <laughs> right? It's, it's, that's just uh, act. That's just performance. We're looking at your mindset, looking at your energy. You're looking at how you see another human. Because what's going to happen out of this is you're going to come in and you're going to be this open, perceptive, connected version of you. And that version of you is fun. That version of you is playful. Because what we're doing here is we're helping you get out of mindsets and patterns and attitudes that have you approach the date as a threat, as a performance. If you're approaching a date as a threat or a performance, it's not going to be fun. And even if you make it funny and you tell an interesting story, you, you say something funny and the other person laughs, maybe you laugh too. There's a pressure in performance. Oh, that was good. Now I got to do it again, <laughs> right? Then you're even more nervous on the next date. Oh, how long can I keep this up? <sighs> Trust me, I've been there. So this is a way to drop it all and just show up wholly, fully as you. I don't need anything from you. How do I want to show up as a person? Who am I? What kind of qualities do I want to you know, embody? What do I want this other person to feel? What do I want to bring about in them? And who is this person? What qualities do they have? What lights them up? So now... You've done all that. You're doing that as you move in and you're, you're going to go meet this person or spend some time. And it's maybe not your first date. Maybe it's a second date or third date. What do you do then? Well, I recommend following your fascination. This is a technique I teach in the Conversation Master event that we run each year. It's also in um, uh, uh, Social Mastery inside of uh, Confidence University. And what you want to do with follow the fascination is you want to find something that that the person is engaged in or interested in their life and you want to ask the questions and make the comments about it that really interest you so because one of the, the pitfalls the, the antithesis of fun and interesting is you playing a role of what you think you're supposed to do to make the conversation keep going. And people confuse a conversation with no breaks that keeps going as a good conversation that's fun and interesting and that makes the person want more. And they're two very different things. <laughs> two people can be talking nonstop and look like they're engaged and interested and both be wanting to get the hell out of there. You've been in that situation? Ever been like, okay, I know exactly what to say to keep this conversation going. I know exactly what question to ask to make this person keep talking, but I'm, oh man, I could care less. Right. And it's, you know, sometimes you're doing it because you want to be nice. Sometimes you're doing it because you just want to get through the date. Sometimes you're doing it because you say, hey, if I just keep this person talking enough and they seem engaged, then maybe they'll sleep with me. Right. 
<laughs> and trust me, that one is never, it's never, and this is usually, you know, I guess a woman could be doing this with a man, but it's, it's typically uh, a man who's wanting to have sex will, will sustain, you know, a semblance of engaged conversation uh, in order to maybe further an, an, op- an opportunity, you know, another date or an experience elsewhere in which maybe this will lead to some sort of sexual, maybe not sex entirely, but you know, something sexy. And it's, uh, it's very unpleasant. I've done that a couple of times in my life. It's very unpleasant. And at some point in my life, I was like, there is, I never, it is so not worth it. And some people might feel differently, but to me, it's, it's a suppression of annoyance and, and disengaged or not, you know, and trying to override. And I realize it's coming from scarcity. Why do I need something from this person? There's plenty of other people. If you just want to have sex, there's plenty of people to have sex with. That's only intensified in the last, you know, 10 years since I've been, you know, off the market and in a relationship. But, you know, if you if you want to have a swift sex, there's a whole lot of apps that are facilitating that. That doesn't make it instant, but, it, you know, it it sure removes a lot of the obstacles to that. And so you can have an abundance mindset. And if you don't necessarily, you know, connect with that person, just, okay, I wrap it up and meet someone else. So what you want to do is you want to follow your fascination, which will create more engaging conversations automatically without having to force it or fake it. How do you do that? Well, let's say that, you know, you ask the person, remember those questions I was asking you to reflect on earlier before you met that person? You might even ask the person that question. Hey, first of all, where do you work? What do you do? Uh, Where do you live? Like, oh God. That's the job interview style date. And you know you don't have to do that. I'm not saying you can't ask those questions. Steer away from those questions though, early on, if you can. And I got to the point where I would not only steer away from those questions, but I would, I would, if they, if the person tried to steer it back, I would, I would make a comment about that. So I'd ask different questions. And then let's say she, in a date, she would try to steer it back to like, well, what do you do? And I was like, well, we could talk about that later but i have a question for you first and then i would go on and i used to, i mean i would never do this as the nice guy because it's like oh my god i'm not answering her question she's going to be upset with me or think i'm being you know uh you know not forthcoming but i was very forthcoming i would share all kinds of other things about myself i just wanted to avoid that and it was interesting it did create a little bit of like what's going on with this guy why does he not want to share what he does or sometimes they give some sort of flippant answer you know like uh what do you do well I'm a billionaire. I have a trust fund, so I don't need to work. And I have a smile on my face, so it shows that I'm kind of being playful. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a yacht. Want to see it? Well, you can't see it yet. You know, but so it's just being kind of absurd and saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to answer that question. And then I say, you know, but I have a question that I'm much more interested in and I want to ask you than me telling you about what I do. I'm like, what? Okay. What lights you up more than anything else in the world? Like when you do it, you just feel like your soul comes alive. You're on fire. What is that? That's a question I would ask someone literally on a first or a second date. And you know, can you imagine what kind of interesting <laughs> conversations that would lead to? And then so let's say she says, oh, I, you know, I love running in the woods. Okay, great. Now you can follow the fascination. How do you do that? Let's say you, maybe you're a runner and then it's probably easy and natural. Maybe you're not. So what do you do? 
because otherwise you can fall into like very standard boring questions. Oh, I love running in the woods. Oh, cool. Uh, where do you like to run? Oh, neat. Uh, kind of, um, um, look, um, you ever run in any races? You know, I don't know. I'm not saying those are bad questions, but if, if you're not fascinated, then the energy is going, she might be fascinated in that topic, but if you're not, the energy is going to dwindle. It's going to feel forced or he, and this is, this can go either way. This could be, you know, a man dating a woman, woman dating a man, man dating a man, woman dating a woman, transgender, whatever. This is just about human connection of all, of all different sorts. So I just am saying a lot of he says to she, because that was my experience in dating. So what could you do there? Well, when she says, I love running in the woods, what are the first five things that come to your mind when you hear running or woods? What comes to your mind right now? Like, let's do it as a little activity. For me, when I mean, I, it, that's a, that one probably came to my mind as an example because I love running in the woods too. But, you know, I think of Forest Park, which is right outside of Portland. I think of uh, Ultra. It's a kind of, it's a running shoe company. I'm a big fan of their shoes. I think of being out in um, the Sisters Mountains near Bend, Oregon, where I just was uh, earlier this week and running around there. I think of ultra marathons. I think of running at night under the moon. So those are things that come to my mind. Because they're coming to my mind, they're going to be where there's more energy, right? I'm not forcing anything. And so let's say I was dating this person in Portland. I'd say, oh, awesome. Where do you like to run? You ever run in Forest Park? Maybe she says yes. Maybe she says no. Oh, cool. Where do you, where do you like to run? What trails around here? What's, what's the favorite trail you've ever run on? And as you do this, you can share about yourself. You know, like, oh, I was just uh, running around uh, Sisters in, in Bend. I absolutely love running outside. You know, where, tell me about, you know, places you've run. Right, so you share about yourself, you ask them, and now you're off to the races. And you can do this with something, you know, I obviously share that same passion as this imaginary person, so it comes easier. But even if you don't, you can keep following your fascination to ask the questions that actually interest you. And again, this technique is a, is a powerful conversation technique, but it's going to come out of all the stuff we've covered in this episode. So let's turn this into action. Time for action. 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 Your action step is going to be to apply what you learned in this episode on a future date. And if you you know, don't have a future date lined up or you're not dating right now or whatever, not to fear, don't despair. There's a way you can still do your action step, which is going to be to bring this mindset and energy to any conversation or interaction. Because even not in a romantic setting, you might have an attachment of how you want the person to see you. You might feel like you need something from that person. So reminding yourself, I don't need anything from you. Tuning into how you want to show up, who you want to be. You can do that in work. You can do that in a social interaction. You can do that going to a gathering. You can do that in a family event, whatever. So you can apply all these things outside of romantic context as well. But the key thing is going to be to apply at least one thing from this episode within the next seven days. That's your action step. Can you do it? Should you choose to accept it, this is your action step. So go ahead and 
Look for those opportunities in your life. Apply this because listening to it is interesting. Applying it is transformation. And that's really where that's the game we're playing, right? Fantastic. All right. Thanks for being with me today. And until we speak again, may have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're awesome. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.